energy in the the arena tonight was unbelievable. It was crazy, um, and it's, it feels good. Uh, you know, we're happy that we're able to clean here in Milwaukee. We're happy that we are going to the third round, and uh, we're happy that you know the people are into it. Um, I don't think I've ever seen um, people in Milwaukee be so excited about basketball. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Bucks podcast. My name is KJ Ike, and I'll be your host. And the Bucks have evened the series 1-1 with the Atlanta Hawks. They demolished Atlanta 125-91 in Game 2. I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Alex, how are you doing? Bucks fans, KJ, I'm happy to be joining the podcast today when the Bucks took care of business. A 34-point victory in Game 2. It's exactly what... What I needed to see, what Bucks fans needed to see, and there were some new moves that were pulled out from Giannis, uh, Holiday, Lopez. It was a fun game and stress-free, so I'm happy to dive into it. Yeah, like after game one, when Trey Young went off for 48 points and the Bucks, you know, Chris Milton had an abysmal game, I think a lot of people were very confident heading into game two. Uh, there were a few people like Skip Bayless who... <laughs> who kind of staked a lot of his chips on top of the, the Atlanta Hawks, which is hilarious to see. But, <laughs> <laughs> goes, Skip goes like, all in after game one on Atlanta. Exa- exactly. Then there's guys like then there's guys like Shannon Sharp, who's like, Giannis going for 40. He's going for 40. And uh, for, for the most part, I think everyone was very confident in the Bucks and Giannis in game two. And they sure enough, they delivered. It wasn't even really a game. It was kind of like one of these start-to-finish games, apart from the opening minutes. Uh, the the Bucks played their scrubs pretty much the entire <laughs> entire Second fourth half. quarter. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. And uh, yeah, Al, what were your initial thoughts upon just seeing this exact reaction? My initial my initial thoughts were the Bucks took the wind out of the sails of Atlanta in the second quarter, near the second half of that second quarter. So it came from Drew Holiday and Chris and Giannis. Um, so Giannis, I mean, he was doing all sorts of new moves like that how sweet was it when he drives the lane goes up like he's gonna dunk it and then in midair almost pulls a michael jordan and then (laughs) underhands it in into the hoop that was just the sweet that was the most coordinated move i think i've ever seen him make and then he was later in the game doing all these sorts of sweet uh you know step backs He, he really had just the confidence and the full game on display last night Giannis but Drew Holiday what another great performance from him 9 of 14 from the field 3 of 4 from 3 7 assists 22 points he was a plus 34 from the field and in that ending that late stage of the second quarter Drew Holiday and the Bucks put the clamps on Trey Young. Trey Young made a couple of boneheaded turnovers back to back and the lead just kind of exploded um to over 20 to almost 25 points and that that was the difference that was the difference in the game for me was really the Bucks took the wind out of the Hawks sails and they're not really they were defeated they looked defeated after that and uh you know we were smooth sailing to the end so how about you Cage what did you see out there well one thing I'm noticing is that all five Milwaukee starters had at least a plus 30 uh Chris Milton a lot of people were asking is this guy going to show up well, he was a plus 42 tonight in only 28 minutes. So I guess whatever he did, it worked out. <laughs> you look at Drew Holiday. You know, a lot of people were saying, Drew Bledsoe, bust. You know, like you, you heard it all after after the Nets series, throughout the Nets series. But 
he he really came through when the going got tough, and sure enough, he started to put it together. He was three for four from three tonight with a plus 34, 22 points, seven assists. Obviously, the Bucks won by a big margin. You look at a guy like Brooke Lopez, definitely part of the supporting cast. You look at Pat Connington, Bryn Forbes. So Lopez had 16 points. Pat Connington had uh, nine points. He was three for three from deep. Bryn Forbes had eight points. And then Bobby Portis had a... Uh, he had eight points as well. Yeah, he had eight points as well. So, like, the supporting cast had, like, 42 points. And P.J. Tucker had a one point. They had, like, 43 points. And the big three obviously didn't even have to score that 90 points we kind of, like, talk about. So, so yeah, but I noticed that every starter was a plus 30. Yeah. And it almost felt like everyone was on their game. Like, Pat Connington, shout out to him. After game one, we we heard from some from inside source that Pat was very disappointed with how he missed that last shot and was in the gym pretty much the entire time building up to game two. And it worked off. He was three for three. He was three for three in 13 minutes with three big threes for nine points. He was a plus nine. So a well, quick, he, quick shout out to Pat for that. Yeah, and he's actually shooting 36% from three this postseason. And I would I would say, like, Bucks fans know that that's not lighting the world on <clears> – <throat> Excuse me, that's not lighting the world on fire, but it, but that's like playing really solid defense. You know, be, being someone who can switch onto multiple guys while also making a big three when you need it. Of course, maybe you don't want him taking the game winning shot. Like we understand that, but really, this guy's playing a uh, very effective basketball right now. I think you know him and the bench mob in general. The Bucks have needed it. They've needed it bad. They've really needed it. I think the the bench just. It almost seemed like the chemistry for the bench was was even better than Atlanta. Atlanta looked in a funk, and I think one thing to worry about is that they were in such a funk in Game 2, kind of like Bucks in Game 2 against Brooklyn, that they're going to come out aggressive and angry in Game 3 because that was no one likes getting blown out by 30 points, let alone in the playoffs. And so Atlanta, I, I really believe that this is – probably the low point in the series for them and going back 1-1 to Atlanta they're feeling pretty good so now it's all eyes on game three because the Bucks took care of business in game two just as we hoped the series is even at one apiece but really this game three these this game four is going to decide what happens if the, if the Bucks can are the Bucks going to win one are the Bucks going to win two or are the Bucks going to win zero and KJ just kicking it to you there going into Atlanta how do you think the Bucks are going to take or do in those two games? Do you think they're going to win one, two, or zero? That's interesting because Trey Young does always play better in the A, as he likes to call it, and a lot of people like to call it. And it's not really something to deny. You know, he plays better in the A. We'll see how the Bucks do. The Bucks certainly have the most talent, as you could argue the Bucks have three of the top four players in this series. No one would give you much argument there. But really, uh, yeah, I mean, the Bucks put a spanking on the Atlanta Hawks. They really did. <laughs> <laughs> it so, feels so, good. So, mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, Trey Young, like, like we keep going back to, it took him going off for 48 and a near flawless game from the supporting cast, plus Chris Milton having the worst game he had the entire postseason for the Atlanta Hawks to pull off a miracle game one. And... Uh, you know, the Bucks put a spanking on him game two, so we'll yeah, see. Yeah, you know, Trey Young. The, the Hawks not... do play well in the A. They do. There's no denying that. 
I think it's all going to come down to like how focused the Bucks, you know, stars are going to be. Game one, not entirely focused as well as you might have liked. Obviously, the Bucks kind of played a sloppy game. Game two, you know, locked tight. Bucks blow out the Hawks, not even close. More so, kind of the talent margins showing showing themselves. But also game three, showing, game four. Yeah, yeah. Well, go ahead. I was just gonna say, but also shows Trey Young is the the engine of this team, and and he had nine turnovers in game two, and he shot six of sixteen. And when he's doing that, Atlanta just has nothing because it's like if Trey is on, then the rest of their supporting cast feels. You know, the space on the floor, they feel Trey is finding him. He's a good ball creator, but he only had three assists in game two. So it was, it seemed like when Trey is in that funk, he really kind of self implodes, which is what you were saying after uh, game one, KJ, to blitz Trey, really put the heat on him. And it seemed like the Bucks did that. I mean, forcing nine tor- turnovers in 28 minutes, that is, ah, that's huge. That's huge for the Bucks. Uh, but going back to it, what do you think about game three and game four? What's your prediction? Hmm. I predict uh, two bucks victories. Nice, nice. Oh, and, and what, what's the main reason? You know, I just think there's a talent gap in this series. Like against Brooklyn, you got to give your credit to Kevin Durant. And this isn't a diss at Atlanta by any means because they have a really good team. But the Bucks do have a big three. No matter how much the national media likes to say that <laughs> they're like they don't. <laughs> Milwaukee does not have a big three, and like you could argue that all day long, but. In this series, like it's like Trey Young single handedly going up against Drew, who happens to be a really, really strong defender, Chris Middleton, who's can shoot the lights out, and Giannis who's at, who's been activated. That's kinda of how I describe Giannis right now. Yeah. He's been activated and he's he's gone Euro, he's gone like full big, he's gone focus mode, he's he's, he's got the shooting throws. sleeve, he's gone LeBron a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's really done all the above for the Bucks and uh, gotten the wins. You know, he's he's got us in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, so really, you know, like the Bucks have really a large talent margin in this series. So, so that's my main reasoning. You know, I think uh, not only that, but but it almost played out perfectly. Where if the Bucks had to lose a game, game one, to let them just like get entirely focused, which seemed to have happened in game two. We'll see how it happens in Game 3. You know, hopefully the Bucks come out focused because if the Bucks go ahead and drop Game 3 and you're like, wow, okay. You know, it's like that Grand Theft Auto meme. It's like, oh, shit. Here we yeah. go again. <laughs> Here we go again. No, back into that same trend of trying to dig yourself out of the hole. I really hope Bucks take Game 3 because let's work from ahead. Please, please, let's get ahead in this series. It's almost, it's almost like the Bucks had, you know, a typical work week. Game 1. It came on a little bit flat, like a Monday. They're like, oh, oh, oh shit, you know, ha- have to get stuff done in game two. Have to get stuff done Tuesday. And they, they did. And now it's now it's middle of the week. You know, it's middle of the series. Anything can really happen at this point. It's like it's all, I think, effort-based in Atlanta. It's going to be coming down to the gritty plays. You saw Pat Connington again made a huge rebound and then jump up and chuck the pass somehow finds Bryn Forbes perfectly at the three, who then catches and cashes the three in game two. I mean, those are the little plays that the Bucks I think, are really going to need in Atlanta in order to come away with both wins, like you said. Yeah, he only he only played 13 minutes, so that was like 
some really, really, really effective minutes. Plus nine, nine points, 13 minutes. Pat Connington, Bryn Forbes, big time eight points. If Bryn Forbes heats up, it's a, it's a big time problem for the Atlanta Hawks and pretty much any team. You know, think about the first round versus Miami Heat back when that was still a series. Bryn Forbes kind of took the, the Heat out of the series single-handedly, him and Giannis. So, uh, yeah, the supporting cast could play a huge role in these three and four games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think uh, you you mentioned that 30-point kind of goal for the supporting cast. If Bryn Forbes is on, the Bucks are going to be scoring that 30 points from the bench and yeah. the supporting cast. And if I he think can get you 10. If he can get you 10, then you can, you can expect to get 20 out of Lopez, Tucker, Connington, and Bobby. I think that's almost a guarantee. You expect five out of those guys if Bryn can get you 10. So that, that's just kind of a sign of... Hey, if he's hitting, he's kind of like an X factor in that role. He can help put a team out early. And, uh, yeah, I really was really happy to see him knock down a couple threes. He's still not shooting the ball, like, at a great percentage. He was two of six from downtown Brent Forbes. But want him to keep shooting, want him to stay confident. And uh, on, on the flip side, I do have to give some love to the mad Brooke Lopez. It's like every time... With Brooke, every time I call this guy out, he responds with a tremendous game, and then I, I shower him with praise, and then he he, re, he reverts back into uh, the other type of Brooke, and it's almost like how does Brooke start the game? Because he's he's one of these guys who, even though he's not one of the big three on the Bucks, he's a veteran leader in the fact that they look to him for early buckets and early shots, and he hit two big threes early on in the game. And it was kind of like, okay, Brooks on, that's going to open up the offense. And I think he's really one of these keys to the Bucks because he's kind of, I mean, he, he's a rare player. He's, he, you know, he's a set plus seven footer who lives outside the three point line. And a lot of his game is, a lot of his shots are, are from the three point line. And so it's, it's very heavily slanted. If Brooks on and hitting his threes, then the Bucks have a big four in their offense. And if he's not. Yeah then it kind of constricts the defense. So they're like, okay, we're going to leave Lopez actually open. We're going to double Giannis in the paint. We're going to maybe put an extra body on Middleton. But last night when Brooklyn came out and hits those first two threes, and they were splashes. Splash Mountain was out, and it was beautiful. But if he hits those, then the defense has to respect him, opens up the floor for Giannis, who was doing all that slashing, opens it up for Drew, who can get by his first man for Middleton. And, uh, yeah, it kind of kind of unlocked things there for the Bucks. What, what did you think about Lopez's game last night? Well, he had that tremendous dunk right underneath the hoop. Powerful dunk. That was. Like the old-school center-type dunk. And you really can't mention Lopez without mentioning Bobby Portis, all of his hustle plays. Bobby's back. You know, game one, game two, he's made his presence known. Uh, just great to see Bobby back, honestly. Got a chip in his shoulder. Yeah, Lopez, Bobby, the big man getting it done. The, those guys can, are both unique players, and they're both so great to compliment Giannis because they're both big men who really have high motors. You know, like Lopez is just a slower big man than Portis. Lopez or Portis might not be as gifted at, uh, defensively as Lopez, but really they both have offensive game. You know, uh, Portis worked with Lethal Shooter, so he got his three point percentage up eleven percent. Now he's a really a game-changing three-point shooter. Uh, he started to hit a few of those in the playoffs, so so that was really good to see. Um, yeah, the Bucks big men, you know, Giannis, one of the biggest guys out there. He's clicking. That's really all you need to see. 
If he clicks, it's over. <laughs> Just <laughs> it's true. It's like it's like Giannis has elevated himself to the level of best player remaining in the playoffs. And and it's just at this point, if he comes out aggressive like he did it in game two, no one can stop the Bucks. The Bucks have the path. They have this uh we talk about prophecy. It's like Giannis is in control of his own destiny right now. It's not gonna be the role players. Of course, you know, they're they're huge and they, they're important. At the end of the day, this the living heart of the Bucks is that Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, and in 29 minutes, when Giannis is putting up 25 points, nine rebounds, six assists, two steals, Love hitting, it. hitting 11 of 18 from the field and three of four from the line, I mean, it's just pure domination for him out there. And he was flying up and down the court, flying like when he's out and running. The, the, you, he can't be stopped. He's the best player in transition in basketball, and that that was on display again. So if the Bucks can create more turnovers like they did, uh, they forced Atlanta to commit 19 turnovers, then the Bucks can really get out in transition and exploit the the vulnerabilities in that Hawks defense. It's it's like they look good when they when they you know are in the half court defense, but how about the Hawks when you get them out in the open break? Trey Young. If he like turns it over, you could see it in the second quarter. He just kind of gave up on defense. He oh, doesn't yeah, even help his times. teammates. He I mean, it was up. a bunch. It was a bunch of like full court heaves. Yeah, I mean Trey Young. You know, we kind of talked about it last podcast how he in high school was like when school. Giannis was in the All Star game, and, and usually Giannis is the guy who's unrefined in these situations in the playoffs. But this is a, a rare time when the tables have turned. And Trey Young, he may have put up 48 the previous game, but now he's kind of, like, inconsistent because he is only year three, I believe. And, uh, you know, Giannis is in – he's deep in his career. So, so, so he's, like, even though Giannis can be inconsistent, we're probably seeing the most consistent version of Giannis we've ever seen. And mm-hmm. Trey Young, tonight, he was a turnover machine. Yeah. Know, the Bucks had all sorts of stats. They dominated the Hawks and assists. They dominated the Hawks in steals. They dominated the Hawks in fast break points and points in the paint. It was definitely a team effort. Um, you know, the Bucks had a big lead. They built it the entire way. Yeah. Even Denasis got in. He had a couple crazy athletic plays. It's hilarious <laughs> oh, because we asked the uh, Bucks fans, describe Denasis as athleticism. And Nick Penny says, Denasis a cricket. He can jump and he's a pest on defense. Gemma says, yay, Bucks. Josh she Fry. says, CR7. Oh, yeah, yeah. Josh Fry says, godly. John says, indescribable. Shep Daggett says, the nasty is going to be real good. Don't ever let him go. Oh, shit. Tasso 79 with a little insider information. He says, elevator, his nickname back in Greece. That's kind of cool. I mean, he can get up. Bounce. He's got some bounce. This is hilarious. Ralph Hibbard says Packers could use him on third and goal. That is funny. (laughs) Give it it to them. I mean, the guy is just a thoroughbred. We've talked about that in the past. Randall G says underrated. This dude got hops. John says indescribable. You know, I'm not sure. It's fun to watch. How would you you describe the the Nessus athleticism, Alex? I would describe it as electric. Like When he's on the court, He's going to make something happen. He's almost one of the most fun players to watch 
on the court. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I just love watching what he does out there. He makes something happen, whether it's on defense. He's not afraid to guard the other team's best player like he did to James Harden in that Bucks uh, Brooklyn series. He's not afraid to go up and put down a monstrous throwback dunk in someone's face. He's, he's not afraid. Like, Tenacious plays without fear, and that's why he's able to make an impact for the Bucks. He's consistently making an impact, whether it's a 30-second possession where he comes in, kind of, you know, makes a big block and fires up the crowd. He, he knows his role. He understands what he's good at, um, which, you know, athleticism is a huge part of what he's good at. He is more athletic than usually the guy he's going up against. And also energy you know tenacious really brings that fire that spark plug to this box bench he probably does it uh in ways we don't even know to Giannis. you know like in terms of a motivator and i think it's just we talked about this in the uh the Giannis, the story of Hugo podcast it's almost destiny that yeah that tenacious is on this very same box team he's been through everything with Giannis. you name it from the draft holding the flag with him to you know, living with him in Greece, selling the, the the glasses, selling the watches on the street, to joining the military with Giannis in Greece, to you you just name it. Tenacious has been there every step of the way, and here he is with Giannis and the Bucks again in this playoff run. I think it couldn't be more more destiny for this man. I'm I'm always happy to see him do well. Yeah, I would describe him as springboard. You know, I certainly don't think he's just one of these random guys who's on the team just because he's Giannis's brother. I've always believed in his talent. And while he's obviously cut from a different cloth than Giannis, you know, he's cut from the same cloth. Uh, you know, however you want to interpret Look that. Look at that one. But, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, he really is an athletic wing. And he's fearless out there. Like, he's a leader. Like you said, he is fearless. And... uh He's just good for a team. You know, he, he is he good kind for of a like, team. He impacted the game in his 12 seconds in that critical game in the Brooklyn series with that crazy block. And he's just electrifying. Like, that, that's another great word to describe him. So, so we have some fan questions. Uh, Bucks are chokers in the Eastern Conference Finals versus Hawks 0-1. That is hilarious. <laughs> Nazario24 asks, Sorry, Brooke, you can be great at perimeter defending. But for real, could you dissect the improvements we made on defending Trey? And for me, in terms of like what was different in terms of game, defending Trey game one and game two, game one, we didn't know what the heck we were doing in terms of the Bucks. You'd see Lopez out there with his arms wide, just spread wide, you know, like, okay, <laughs> on an island. Trey's like, <laughs> Trey's like uh, I'm going to shoot this now, knocking it down really easily. His, his, his teammates are as well. But game two, you saw like three Bucks defenders kind of just like up in the grill on either side of the screen, ready for a double team whenever they would come out. So I thought that was really good adjustment. Hopefully it sticks. Hopefully they don't do something to counter that. Don't hold it against Nate McMillan. He's a really good coach. But that's kind of what I saw. Al, do you have anything to add to that? I think they played the passing lanes too. I think yes, uh, you talked about the on-ball defense, but the Bucks were also – Trey Young, because he's young, he's very – prone to making dangerous passes you see it he throws with confidence some passes across the court and which is the most dangerous pass he threw like a horizontal square pass as you would call it uh directly sideways and chris middleton picked that off and that was almost what sparked that big second quarter i guess 
run that the Bucks had. The end they of the were very quarter. careless yeah. with the passing. The, the, that Atlanta got very careless. The Bucks started playing the passing lanes, and I think they can they can do that because a lot of these guys like Bogdanovich, Gallinari. I mean, they're smart players. But they're not explosively athletic, meaning they're not going to really no. smoke you on like running down around the court. They, they're probably going to most likely be open for a three. So if you kind of play in the passing lanes, I think you can defend these guys much better. So I saw that as well. Yeah, Gallinari is just – he doesn't have his athleticism anymore. You know, he's one of those guys who's very skilled. He can make a shot from multiple angles, multiple places. <laughs> a little bit of Lopez game, but for like a small power yeah, forward. you know – I can see how he's like a contributor when it comes to the playoffs. You just need offense in the half court game. Very skilled, definitely a veteran, but he does not have the athleticism necessary. So Pauli Gualtieri says, "Do we still bring back Coach Bud once we make the finals? Since we're going to four one, these boys, lol." Well, dang, <laughs> you know, Pauli. I think you answered the question yourself. <laughs> I think it's hard. Not to at that point, which is like, not sure how I feel about that, but kind of like we've alluded to in past episodes, you can't argue with the results. Alex, do you have anything to add? <laughs> I, think, I think it's also one of these things where there's a lasting impression that's going to happen. What will Coach Bud's lasting impression? If the, Bucks, if the Bucks flame out of the playoffs, finals or conference finals, and if it looks horrible, I think Coach Bud will be gone. Um and if if they don't really have that bad <laughs> lasting impression, I don't think I don't think he's gonna go. And uh, it's like always don't don't agree with his methods, sir. But <laughs> he is winning right now, and he does seem to have a response. He he can get the boys to respond. Uh, you you saw it a couple times wow. in the Brooklyn series, and so right now he's doing a good job of coming back. Like he, he's you showing know, some resilience. These next two games are going to be so huge. We'll see how the Bucks come out, even in game three, even in game four. Like, will they drop the ball in one of them? You'd certainly hope not. You'd certainly hope that the Bucks would come back to the Pfizer up 3-1, just close it right out. That would be so, so perfect. No. But anyways. I, I got uh, a question for you, Cage. Yeah, go for it. Jason Kidd was recently hired to be the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. Giannis is one of his early mentors, Jason Kidd, put the ball in his hands. Looking back at that Trey Young trade, Trey Young, Atlanta, they swapped from the third pick down to the fifth pick. Mavericks took Doncic. Atlanta took Trey Young, and they also got a first-round pick that turned into Cam Reddish. Can you just what, – what are your thoughts – on Doncic versus Young, who would you rather have? Would you rather be in the Hawks position or the Mavericks position? You know, I think the Hawks look smarter, as crazy as that is. You know, I, I in the past, I've always believed in Doncic, so I thought that Mark Cuban did very well to, to maneuver and get another franchise player. I wasn't as sold on Trey Young. But Trey Young's obviously, you know, developed into a great player, and I give him a lot of credit. So... Atlanta's built a near-perfect team around him. The thing is, they don't have multiple superstars, kind of like the Bucks do, kind of like Brooklyn does. You know, kind of like, even if you look out west, Suns, D-Book, you got CP3, Clips. 
Paul George, Kawhi. Paul George, Kawhi. Hopefully Kawhi gets back just to make it interesting. But the Hawks are kind of like a one superstar team, if you think about it. They really are. So, like, the Bucks should win this series, Bucks fans. Now, what do you think? KD Airball Fan Club says, okay, that's an interesting name. I kind of like it. Are you concerned at all that Atlanta has home court advantage for the rest of the series? Three in Atlanta, two in Milwaukee, especially considering we aren't historically a great team in the road in the playoffs. Huh. Am I? Not really, to be honest, because Atlanta's done a lot of winning on the road. In Philly, uh, they took a couple games in Atlanta. And I've never thought of Atlanta re- regardless of the sport. Um, you could you could argue that the soccer team, the Atlanta uh, United soccer team, has like a home, a true home field advantage. But the Falcons uh, and the Hawks and the Braves, I've always thought that their fans have been questionable at best. Like where their support has been very bandwagon, and I do, I don't consider this like a tough place to go into and play. It's not like going into Boston. It's not like going into Brooklyn. It's, it's you're going down to Atlanta and you're going to the A. Um, yeah, there'll be some celebrities there. Maybe the Migos, maybe uh, Two Chains, Future. But he, at the end of the day, I don't think the Bucks are fearing going to Atlanta either. No one's fearing that. And uh, that that's – even though they're historically not a great team in the road in the playoffs, it's a different – it's not going into Brooklyn. It's not going into Boston. It, it's winnable. And uh, the Bucks are going to treat it just like a home game, I, I feel like. I feel like it's going to come down to their individual play, really not going to be like the, the crowd environment. I don't think that's going to bother them too much. How about you, Cage? You never know. You really never know with this Milwaukee Bucks team. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck Metz wants to know the pros and cons of going with the small lineup. You know, well, I think you just got to be ready for whatever. You got to expect the big three is going to play 42, 44, in my opinion, 45 even. And then you have to balance the supporting cast to kind of say know your personnel. You certainly want to play the Bucks game. But at the end of the day, you have to be willing to adjust. And, like, sometimes that might mean less Lopez, more Portis. Kind of like we said, more guard play. You, know, you might need some extra shooting. You might need a jolt of energy like the Nasus for 12 seconds. And, yeah. uh, you know, I like the idea of going small. I like the idea of Giannis at the five, as I've expressed in previous episodes. Alex, do you have anything to add to that? Well, they, they've made the commitment to Lopez. And I think the Bucks either see it as their advantage of having a – so much size and rebounding and just sticking to their strength. But I think the opportunities to go small is when Lopez isn't really impacting the game or the offense is stagnant, is stagnant because if the Bucks can all of a sudden go smaller, they bring in a guy like Tenacious, they bring in Bobby or Pat, then they're going to be faster. You know, they're just going to be quicker. Guys are going to be running more on offense. Like Pat's going to be flying around in the cutting and, uh, I think that's where the Bucks can use that small lineup if things are not going well with the traditional big lineup that they have, quote-unquote. I think that that's when they go small, kind of unleash the offense, open it up more, because it's going to open up the game on defense for Atlanta as well. Um, that's the trade-off there. But I, I do see it as kind of like a card in the back pocket that you can use if things if, if you need to switch it up. The Bucks can go small and then play Giannis at the five, and that's a whole new look that they have to defend. Real quick, Al, what was your good Bucks? 
my good bucks. I mean, outside of the fact that Pat said he was in the gym and he came out three for three, that, that's just, that's just, that's just the sign of maybe that's the Giannis effect on him. I think that's more so just a determined Pat Connington uh, to do better. So I'll, I'll give him the good bucks. I, I, I love, I love it when a guy uh, takes it personal when he doesn't maybe perform how he wanted to. And then puts the work in, you know, despite the fact that they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, he was in the gym shooting the Kobe method. It's the oldest, you know, it's, and guys were doing it before Kobe. It's the oldest trick in the book. If you ain't making your shots, get in the gym. And Pat did that, and he went three for three. So he's my good box. How about you, Cage? You know, I'm going to go with Chris Middleton just for throwing up a plus 42. He just showed up. He let the game flow through him. Only shot one free throw. It was an and one. So he was clearly just getting fouled, making plays. Eight assists, seven rebounds. You know, Chris Middleton is one of these guys where if you look at his stat lines, you'll notice he gets a lot of assists these days. Early in the careers, it was all Giannis getting the assists. These days, it's Chris is putting up a lot of assists. Like, he's in, you know, in, into a point forward almost. Well, trust me, he still throws the ball away plenty. But, like, you know, he does get a lot of assists. He does. Like, tonight he only had he had two turnovers. He had eight assists, two turnovers. That's a four-to-one ratio. Giannis had six-to-one. No, no, no. Giannis had nine-to-one. Wow. Six-to-one. Six, six assists, wow. one turnover. I mean, that's yeah. damn good no matter how you slice it. <laughs> exactly. TJ had three-to-zero. <laughs> <laughs> Breaks the calculator. Well, they they won without PJ Tucker. You know, PJ Tucker. Yeah, he he played great on rebounding on defense, but they didn't need his offense in game two. And they still won by thirty four. So, what was your bad bucks? My bad bucks. I mean, it, it's really really tough. Oh man, I mean, I think, I think overall, it's just the inconsistency I'm seeing with this team. It's. Mm. Kind of like, you, you know, you Coach Bud is like a you-don't-even-know type guy. And it's almost yep. like the Bucks were starting to be able to rely on Giannis more and to rely on Holiday, to rely on Middleton. But it's very inconsistent outside of that from the coaching, from the role players, even from, uh, you know, an occasional big three guy will, will come off cold. And so you, you just that inconsistency leaves me with this feeling of I don't know how the Bucks are going to play in Atlanta. I don't know how this series is going to unfold. Uh you think coming out of game uh of that series against Brooklyn, you, you expected the Bucks to have solved their issues and it seems <laughs> like game 1 they didn't, you know, they like reverted almost. Absolutely and, not. And then game 2, it looked like they solved all their issues. So it's like Okay, what team are the Bucks going to be? Are they going to be this team that came out in Game 1 or going to be the team that came out in Game 2? And uh, I think that's just the biggest frustration I have right now is the inconsistency. What about you? What's your bad Bucks? Hmm. I mean, that's a really good bad Bucks. I would second that. I really don't have any individual players to pick on. I really don't. You know, the Bucks just... I would say, like, the, the refereeing has been very, like, soft at times it's not really like a bad box type of thing so so it's not really like the same thing you know i wish you know my bad box i wish the bench was slightly deeper i know that these are the times of years when the rotation is short 
But I wish maybe we had Dante just to have like one more guard running around out there to strengthen that rotation even more. Because I do want the big three playing big time minutes, but I want these other guys giving you like spurts of just high intensity minutes. Yeah, I guess that's that's my that my nitpicky bad Bucks. We'll see what happens Sunday evening in Atlanta. The Bucks take on the Hawks. Alex, do you want to remind everyone about the giveaway? Yep, we're giving away a beautifully framed Giannis signed photo. It's signed. Uh, it's perfect for any wall, bedroom, you know, gift. Just it's a sick item, and it's one of these things that when we saw it. It caught our eyes. You know, it's something your eyes naturally go to. And I think anyone who, whether it's a visitor, you know, a friend you're having over, some family, they'll, it's a talking point. It's a conversation starter. And you can put it somewhere where, it, you know, it's visible. So I think make sure you enter that. In order to enter, just send Ike underscore Bucks a DM on Twitter. We'll get you all the details. We'll make sure you get entered in that. And uh, we'll be announcing the winner at the end of the series. So we're really excited. Um, and yeah, Cage, any, uh, final thoughts from you? Yeah. I just want to thank Bucks fans from, for tuning in all around the world. Uh, Sao Tome and Principe, the island off the coast of Africa, brand new country, Antigua and Barbuda, some, some more islands, Somalia and in Africa, Indonesia, uh, the kingdom of Jordan, Japan, Uganda, Chile, Thailand, Bulgaria, Gambia, Hungary, Jordan, Italy, Kenya, South Korea, Turkey, Morocco, Portugal, Russia, Cyprus, Finland, France, the United Arab Emirates, Serbia, India, the Netherlands, Puerto Rico, Malaysia, New Zealand, Ghana, Hong Kong, Switzerland, Thailand, Saudi Arabia, Israel, Nigeria, Denmark, Argentina, South Africa, Brazil, Germany, Spain, Sweden, Philippines, St. Lucia, Ireland, Greece, Norway, Mexico, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, and America. Thank you so much for tuning in from all around the world. Thank you, Uh, everyone. You know, we wouldn't be able to do any of this without you. We had a huge last week. See see everyone tuning in just means a ton. Uh, The number one way you guys can help support the show is just telling another friend, you know, telling someone who might be interested in basketball, might be interested in talking about some NBA playoffs. Maybe they need a team. Maybe they like the Bucks already, but maybe they need a team and you can be, you can try and introduce them to the Bucks. Say, hey, have you ever heard of the Ike Bucks podcast? You might like it if you're interested in basketball. You like Giannis or you like the Bucks. You just need a team. And uh, that's the easy way to help the show. You know, maybe take a screenshot, throw it on your story, write a five-star review in the Apple Podcast Store, or telling a friend is just the best way to help. And, and, and we'd appreciate that a ton. And uh, we just want to thank everyone for listening. Yeah, definitely go check out that giveaway. Send Ike Bucks a DM on Twitter. Uh, Alex, any final thoughts? Game three, all eyes on game three. It's Sunday Sunday evening, and we're going to be locked in for that one. So we'll make sure you guys have some good content following and before and during that game. Uh, so make sure to follow. Um, if you like the music in these podcasts, uh, you can follow Ike Music on Spotify. We've actually gotten some questions lately about that. So uh, check out Ike Music on Spotify. Great, great music for any occasion. Let's get it. So until next time, Bucks fans, we're out.
side Every kind of blue Green growth Sun peeking through Thoughts by the lakeside Always fall to you Every kind of blue